Hello and welcome to episode three of the Spring Podcast. Um, just thanks very much for tuning into the first two episodes. Uh, we've been blown away by the, the feedback. Uh, as, as we said last week, it seems that people are enjoying it. So um, thanks very much for your kind comments and continue to like and subscribe um, on, on whatever platform you see us on. Uh, we're hoping to get off on iTunes um, the next few days and Spotify. I think I think we have to have five episodes done before we can get up to Spotify or something. So, but as soon as we get up, get up on those platforms and Acast and, and those other uh, podcast kind of ones, we'll uh, we'll let you know. But uh, so we've Tommy back with us this week. Hello. And uh, William has decided to turn up this week, which is you know fair play to you, William. It's, it's big of you to actually turn up for a change. But uh, yeah. Well, look, I had nothing better to do this week. Um, I was sunglass shopping last week. Were you? Yeah. Is there plenty of sunglass shops within two kilometres of your lodgings? There is, yeah. There's actually uh, an outlet centre. Um, by, by the way, that's why it's such a good selection. Okay. Yeah. I doubt that, but anyway. Um, and would, would they have been classed as essential, you know, items? Or? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I'm very good at doing paperwork, you know, so I can... Oh, you can fudge it. Oh, good man, good man. All right. So, yeah, um, just uh, as before we kick off, again, thanks to Art McCarrick for filling in last week. Um, we'll get him on again in the future. So, uh, shout out to him for that. Um, as well, we got a mention on the Gravel Crew uh, Facebook page during the week, which is cool. Um, if you're not on Facebook, um, the Gravel Crew is one of the biggest rallying communities going. It's run by a guy called Jamie Arkell. James the top man. Um, the content on there is just mm-hmm. manna from heaven for for people like us. Just all old cool stuff. So um, thanks for thanks for giving us a, sh- a shout out, and uh, we'll get Jamie on um, some stage during this series. Big, it's a big, big up yourself, Jamie. Yeah, yeah big up. Um, and as was this week's uh, guest sponsor for for the podcast is Dunlop Wellington Boots, because uh, as we get further into the into the episode, you'll see why. Um, not the greatest weather conditions. So it was kind of WRC meets Glastonbury and the Plowing Championships. It was, yeah. It was, it, it, it was, it was, it was strange. Like it was, there was Portugal was was always an event that had just you know it was it was the first I suppose normal event of the season if you want to put it that way. Where like you had the the, the mixed conditions that amounted in generally Sweden. Some years they ran safari before Portugal. It it, it kind of it varied. Um, period in some years but it was the first kind of sprint event I suppose you know it was and it was mm. always kind of the litmus test almost for for how quick a car was going to be for the year was was how they performed in Portugal but um as we were mm. to see this year it was um, <laughs> a little bit different to say the least I think it had rained for a couple of months pretty much <laughs> solid for <laughs> prior to the event like and and, and the stages just were not up to up to the usual condition at all I mean Generally in, in Portugal, the issues you were having uh, were usually with dust, but in, in this case, it was just horrific, as you said, Tommy. It was like Glastonbury or or, or the blowing and a bad year. Like, do you know you said there, Moss, about the about being a sprint event? It just crossed my mind, and this is probably just a my lack of memory. Like the my vision that event, I actually went and looked it up today. It was about eighteen hundred kilometers total. I'm trying to think from memory. Was that above average for 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 that time? The, the stage kilometers uh, for 2001 was 390. Yeah, that now, hasn't that, changed much. Yeah, I suppose a lot of road sections. Like if you go to any World Rally events, the the starts are early in the morning, and they usually have a long road section out to the first stage. Um, like you go to something like Sweden. Like I've been to Sweden several times, and if you're staying down Karlstad, generally the stages are up above Hagfors, which is an hour or more of a drive. You know. The, Long road sections, road groups, sorry, regroups. Um, yeah, you're probably not far off in that now, but we'd need to have a look at an itinerary really of a modern day one. Yeah, back back. just on that note as well, on, on the route this uh, for 2001, it was kind of the classic Portuguese route. Um, you know, in stages like Faf and Argonil, you know, both classics. Mm-hmm. Um, Argonil especially would have been pivotal in events in the past. Um, you know, and to be fair, like even in the dry years, there would have been issues with fog, especially during when they ran the night stages. They were obviously gone away from running tarmac stages at this point. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they 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 stopped using the stages around Sintra. Um, yeah, to, you know, for quite some time at that stage. I think even 
in the early 90s they were still running the odd few bits and pieces on tar um, but it, it was it was a full gravel event at this stage but like, you still have those cool shots of the the piss and rain fall the tarmac section onto the gravel that's yeah. I think that's the faff there's a junction on faff as far as I know the hairpin right the hairpin and faff yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like a square left you can see him coming down the hill and it's like a square left onto tarmac for about 100, 150 metres and then a hairpin right going up a hill it's, it's, and it's always yeah. just thronged with people but, yeah, um, and that's, that's a lovely shot of Mackin on that one where he's coming in and he is he couldn't be any more broadside coming into that area. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 uh, look, so I, I and they've gone they would never Portugal I think after this year, uh Portugal was missing from the World Championship for a few years. They 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 brought in Rally Germany or Rally Deutschland in two thousand and two. Portugal didn't come back into the calendar until two thousand and seven, but they'd actually moved the stages for do, for a few years down to the Algarve. Where and then I think in the last few years again they've gone back up to this base a bit of more north north in the Portugal but um not classic classic stages it's it's actually an event I'd love to go see for you know obviously the, massive the history Argon, there as well the original one that you're just you were talking about there I remember seeing a video where Walter Rahel was talking about he was in his hotel room he just closed his eyes for half an hour and rehearsed going to Argonal that night and he went because like you were saying they used to have trouble with the fog even back yeah. in them days in the dry and he went in he took something like 40 seconds out of Mark Cuellin now obviously that completely predates to what we we're talking about now and I'm sure Ricky restrictions were a bit tighter in the more modern day end of things yeah, then, you know, <laughs> in terms of Ricky uh, you, can, you can get yourself a lot of trouble these days yeah Insinuous that's that's, that's what we do anyway. It's just like even though we're physically there for Ricky, you know, you're in doing imaginary Ricky for half because you're looking out the fucking window. Or... <laughs> Actually, on the subject of Ricky, Mister Hayes, I believe I met you traveling the wrong, wrong way up a stage against me one time. Did you? I think so. It was it was <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> Get over that one, Hayes. <laughs> yeah, it looked suspiciously like you and answered to the name of Tommy, but uh, I don't know. Should look. You know, I actually, I, I I'm trying to remember that. Of course, you are. Yeah, of course, you're trying to remember it. And I can't, and unless you've any evidence. Of this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I'll take one here if you. I'll have no problem with it. And I did it before. He was my second ever event in Clarny, and everyone who's done Clarny knows how difficult it is, Recky. And me and my wisdom, my second ever rally, thought, you know what? I'll save time. I'll go back up the hill pass. And yeah, yeah. I, I learned my lesson the hard way by being given a, a nice red ear for it. Good, yeah, good enough for you. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I think as well. Like, I, I kind of realised that it's a yeah, the first rally we did. Well, I realised that I was never going to make it as a professional co driver in any capacity. And the second run through the stages, when I was already kind of <laughs> getting a little bit bored. <laughs> so yeah. So in, for, for, in my in my defence, I didn't want to turn around. It was there was another person in the car actually. Well, now you're admitting it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, just before we move on, there's an element of truth in it. Yeah, I've the worst, the worst recce I've ever done was we were doing double O for the Fastnet one year. This is a few years ago now, um, and the way it went, we were get, we got down there late enough on a Saturday, so the car to go through scrutiny and stuff. But anyway, long story short, we ended up getting one pass over the stages, um, pretty much on the, the limit of the the time we were allowed to be there. Uh, I was navigating, but for the Ricky, I was actually driving. Um, the guy, one of the guys who was servicing for us, was in the passenger seat with the notes, um, trying to figure out how to write down whatever I was calling. And the driver was in the back seat on the phone. So <laughs> that was uh, like basically, yeah, it, it worked. It worked well though. We, we, we somehow got around. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, going going back to the back to the event. Um, it was actually Tommy Mackinnon's 100 event, believe it or not. Um, like, look at that for that's a fair race here for Tommy. Like, 100 events only, you know, and four championships, and I think he was on 22 or three wins as well at that point. That's a serious race here, like you know. That's incredible. And you know what I love about that back clip at the start of the event. Where they do the celebration and they're cracking open the wine and he's just there, he's literally drinking like a mad idiot. I, spo- <laughs> I suppose though, when you look at it, like it's this hundredth event, but Mackinnon was a frontline driver really for five or six years at that stage. So, like a lot of his uh, time previous, that he would, you know, he'd have bit campaigns here and there, one-off events, few group in uh, starts. 
think he did a couple of rallies at Mazda back in '91. Group A car. So like, he was it, it was in, only... uh, Nissan and and it was, it was, I think it was '95 when he really got into the yeah the Lancer, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's a, it, you know, which makes I suppose his like William said there it makes his four championships within that period all the more remarkable to have that kind of strife create within that kind of time frame, but also amongst the peers that he was rallying against, you know, the likes of McCray, Burns, Kankin and Science, Oriel, you know. Yeah. It was it, it makes it, a, it, it makes it, it very, very impressive. Yeah, and it warranted a lovely PlayStation game out of his own. Oh, to his <laughs> hundred <laughs> stages in it or something, wasn't there? You could build stages in that as well. Remember you could actually make stages. With massive jumps. Was it any good? I've never actually played Tommy Mac. I, 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 it was volume. What used to annoy me the most about it was you used to do these challenges where you'd, you'd do a ghost car, which was Tommy Mac, and then like, and you'd have the voice over in the game and him, you couldn't beat him. And my God, <laughs> blind with rage. I looked like Francis Delacar driving through the fog with rage. That's that's that, that, that's that, that's Tommy all out. Like you can't, you know, he can't even be beaten in a game, you know, virtually. <laughs> you know, he won't even let that happen. Like so, yeah. So I know what. Look, Jesus, fair play to the guy. He was, he, he was, you know, as you said, the, the the level of competition against him at the time, and for him to to be where he was 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 like I would I would probably argue this is you know, the, the the most competitive period of sport. Definitely had seen to that point. Um, and probably to this day, it's still, you know, we're, we're, the last couple of years of the WRC, the current kind of cars, it's been very, obviously very close. But I think, you know, you, you back then, it, it, it probably was the best it's ever been in terms of in terms of the competition. But um, just looking at the other kind of elements in the build-up to the event, ProDrive had done a couple of weeks testing before the event, um, obviously trying to tune the S7 in on, 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 on gravel. Um so they had they had two pretty pretty torrid events to start the year off, um, the Monte and 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 Sweden. Obviously, they had mechanical troubles with the cars and people crashing and things like that. So it just yeah, they were obviously putting a, a bit of effort into it to try to go. And Portugal had traditionally been a good event for the Subarus. You know, Burns mm-hmm. had won there the, the previous year and the the debut of the Peter Thousand. So you know they were obviously trying to gear up for a, a good result there. And they've got yeah. they've, they've four cars. Good old Tashi Rai was there in Portugal, wasn't he? And Tashi, yeah, that, Tashi. That was his first event of the season with them, yeah. Well known as a, as a wet, muddy, gravel fog specialist. Was he? Well, I don't know. Oh, weird. <laughs> Wild accusations. You're just lying. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm just making shit up on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> but, to be fair, the podcast is built with a tolerance for that, so it's yeah. fine. You know? don't, don't, don't let the facts spoil the hype. Um, yeah, <laughs> facts, times, importance equals news. We all know this, <laughs> and, we're, and we're first with it, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just actually moving on with that, um, we're talking about you know strong entry. There was ninety four entries uh, in the rally, thirty nine of which were entered in the A eight class of World Rally cars. Thirty nine, Jesus. Thirty nine, of which sixteen of them were uh, works cars, and. I think the team's cup, the team's cup was something actually we discussed last week with Art. It was ten entries uh, in the team's cup, um, and I think and I think we're right on it that it was the last year of it. I, I called in a favour on that uh, superstar navigator from uh, the north of Ireland, uh, Alan Harriman, confirmed that there for us. I think he he's very certain it was the last year of it. He would know. He competed in the damn thing. So, <laughs> Very well. um, shout out to Ellen there for that. Shout out to Ellen for that one. Um, but there were 16 works entries. Jill Panizzi was here, obviously, tarmac specialist, not much in the line of tarmac, just to join a couple of bits of road here. But he was out in a Grafone 206. Um, Subaru, like I said, had four cars. Notable privateer entries where Daniel Carlson was here again, following a strong showing in Sweden. Tapio Lauknen, those of us who have a bit of a, a perversion for the F2 kick cars that have a strong fondness for Tapsa. Um, we also had Pessy Hagstrom, who went on to be Subaru test driver. Janis Kulig from Poland. Henning Salberg was here as well. Chris Prinsen in Abastos, coloured 206, I believe. Lovely. What a great uh, livery. Oh, man. Abastos uh, is one of the, the all-time coolest yeah. liveries. 
Absolutely. You, that will get the that will get you set of eight now, right? And um Frederick Dorr, uh right yeah. <laughs> you know, he's he's kind of par for the course with all these really and Rui Madeira, uh quick local man as well. Yeah, Rui right. was a very yeah. quick guy back in the nineties and, and into the two thousands yeah. in various group A and World World Rally machinery. So always a cool liveries as well, actually he did Galp, I think. Galp, yeah. Portuguese yeah. oil company from if memory serves me right. They, they uh, backed um Pedro Lemmy, I think, as well in his racing as well. So what they, they did, yeah, yeah. Pedro there, Lemmy. There seemed there seemed to be a bit of uh, money in Portugal toward go towards their uh Motorsports exploits. Yeah. So, um, like, to, it's it's kind of hard looking back at it now, and you know, with the, the way spectating is and rallies uh, in, in in modern times, it's it's hard to really understand how big Rally Portugal was back then. I mean, even even at that stage, you know, obviously everyone knows about the the eighties and nineties and spectator issues, like <laughs> like even like obviously the the infamous. In issue in eighty six, but even yeah. like I remember, they ran a tarmac, a very sharp tarmac stage as the first uh, test in ninety seven, and there's an in car from McRae, and like they couldn't even see the finish board. There was literally people lining the stage from you, start to finish. You, you couldn't define where the 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 apex of the corner was because they were just the whole way down the road. Like that even struck me when I was talking, looking back over footage again. Like you know, even when you're watching it closer. Back to the time of 2001, 2002, and you kind of you mm. almost didn't really notice it as much. It's only when you look back now, even like fair enough, the old age of all the old 80s and all that kind of stuff, all the mad crowds. But then looking at the year 2001, you look back now, and you're like, holy shit, those crowds are massive. Yeah, and, and like for, for them to come out in the same numbers in those <laughs> weather conditions, I mean, it was just a mud bed out there. Like it, it was. You no, know it is. I, I think like Tommy's point there about being Glastonbury or, or Electric Picnic or something. It's just big groups of people, half of them. Just there for mm. the crack and the messing, and it's just that that's what draws the crowds there. It's yeah. But you could see but it's something I was gonna talk like you said it there, William, like you 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 kind of forget that the crowds are but when you actually look at some of the onboards from this rally. Yeah. Yeah, and you look at some of the people standing on the outside of some very high speed sections, you're kind of thinking, you know, uh, it really you'd like to think that it had evolved a bit, but really some places hadn't changed. Yeah. But I think I think that may have been a factor too in Portugal's absence and its relocation as well. Yeah, yeah it's a good it's a good time. point. And if you look, there's something similar happened in Poland after you know a couple of close calls a couple of years ago. They they just pulled the event, they pulled the, the world championship status off them. So um, and like I even even to this day, like you know, been to a couple of world rounds on the continent and. You know, as we probably, I think we mentioned it in a previous episode that it is pretty shocking to see uh, the crowd control and the behavior of the crowd because, like, you know, crowd control, it's up to people themselves still to follow it. So it's pretty mm-hmm. shocking to see when you're used to the, you know, to be fair, we have a, a really good standard in Ireland. Um, you know, and people t- generally you know tend to behave themselves. So that's why I was going to make that point. I think just us being Irish rally fans and it's if, if for anyone outside of Ireland if there's anyone listening to outside of Ireland and they haven't come and spectated here they'd see the standard we have I think we're probably spoiled in that sense in that we look at anything and it's anyway substandard and we will criticise it because like, we have a very good record here. I think the fact that, that the fact that you've driven and Morris you've navigated and I do the odd bit we were used to being on the lookout for this kind of thing too and you know and that you know, it it becomes more apparent to you. You know, you do become more aware of it. I think. Yeah, exactly. definitely. Yeah, just uh, that, that can go wrong in a split second. The people just don't don't see or just don't care about. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, like as I said, especially with those conditions, the crowds were crazy. Even like there's some footage in the shakedown. Granholm, man, Jesus, he was having some bad bad start of the year. He actually he clipped the rock. Uh, or tree stump or something and shake it. He did a fair whack now, but uh, obviously he, they got it fixed up in time for for the start. Um, Hyundai were also there. They, they, it was their first rally for the, the second evolution of the accent. Quite a fundamental redesign of a lot of the lot of the elements of the car. Joy so was it was visually, you know, much different to to, to the car that had gone before it, and uh, there was some good upgrades coming in in, in the, the running gear as well. So um, they actually did ended up as we as we'll see. They actually had a, had a decent a decent event. So um, the changes were obviously working pretty well. 
just on the, on, on the entry, I thought there was a ton of British privateers. Um, obviously, yeah. people that had, you know, guys that w- wouldn't necessarily have done much World Championship rallying up to then. Portugal was obviously an appealing one, you know, because it generally was dry and dusty and, you know, a nice part of the world and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Roger, up- Roger Duckworth was the one actually that jumped out at me. Um, he- very quick man in the British National Championship there for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know who jumped out of me? The, the, a few, a few notable names, but the big one for me, and I don't know, am I remembering this wrong or when I was younger? Natalie Barrett, British female driver. Yes. Wasn't yes. she the one who had issues with uh, left and right directions, but understanding them? What? I, what? I, I, I swear <laughs> to God, I, I have something in my head about it, seeing the video clip before where having her having issues with. With instructions of hearing them or something, and they had to use hand signals of that in the car. Good God! Um, yeah, that that could be either wildly libelous or a mad mental memory. Okay. Someone, someone will know, but I'm, I'm nearly nearly. Somebody, sure okay, hopefully somebody can 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 let us know. Do you know if this is true or or, look, or else we'll just wait for the solicitors' letters to start flying in the door. Um, but um, I'm sure either way, either way I'm I, sure we'll find that, out that one, that one might not make the cut <laughs> because of the potential <laughs> libelousness nature yeah, of it William is gone again yeah William yeah goodbye um, Citroen um, uh, were there actually on a small scale showing their intent I think with uh, going forward uh, they were represented in Class A6 with two uh, Saxos, uh, one for Filippo Galski and one for Thomas Rodstrom. Um, now, and also, I think this highlighted the trend of where the two-wheel drive and the things was going in the World Rally Championship. There was 11 entries in, in Class A6 as opposed to four in Class A7, which would have been uh, the sorely missed F2 cars, the two-litre kit cars, uh, 11 in Class A6. But, Ideal conditions for front-wheel drive, too. Looking at that as well, Citroen, we're obviously, you know, getting guys' experience and the events. Um, you know, any old cars did lying around inside in the workshop, I'd say they were just putting them on the yeah. trailer and, and, and getting them going. It was obviously, like, when you look back at it now, it's easy to, to, to kind of look back with a bit of hindsight and say, my, they were putting some preparation into in, into their assault. You know, they, they knew, they, they did everything right. They had the car, you know, Really, really quick going into the championship, and we'll we'll see that now in the next round in Catalonia, and how how, how they gone on. But you know, you can they they definitely went about things the right way and built it up slowly. They didn't just go in all guns blazing, you know, and, and and try and try and you know start from start from scratch with the world car. They they had a a defined plan, which is which is good, you know, for 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 them, and it proved to be very productive for them in the in the following years. But um, yeah, so I suppose we're on to getting into the, the start of the event and um, the first stage was a super special stage um, the name of it Baltar I think it was a 3.2 kilometer stage um, and absolute mud bat like it was just crazy like the conditions like you probably remember Rally Ireland you know, the couple of times it ran the weather was just terrible um, but this was worse like this was this was really in Ireland bad weather yeah, you know, yeah, in November, like, and in January, February, like, who would have thought of, yeah, mad. What are the chances? What are the chances? But, um, yeah. A question for you, right? But did, do the way, Skoda pretty much didn't start the event. Did, did, did mm. they do Super Special at all? Skoda did, did start the event. They had two cars there for Amish Schwartz and Bruno Thierry. And what actually happened was uh, Bruno went out after the first stage with electrical failure. And Armin Schwartz, his clutch went um, on the morning after, on the way out, I think, to the to the first to the, the second the first proper stage of the event, we'll say. So, like, that's, you know... The, 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 and actually, on, on that point of Schwartz, right, before we get into it, one of my favourite fun facts coming into this event, and I think you both know what I'm going to say here, mm. the record held for the FAF jump. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Armin Schwartz, the year before... 70 meters in an Octavia WRC. It was more, wasn't it? Well, like he, 73 he, or something. As far as I'm concerned, he, he deserves a world driver's title for that jump in a car. That he had form in that, though, because I know I've seen a video of him. In, do you remember the Audi? Do you ever see the videos of the old Audi 200 Quattro? Big tanks, the Yeah, yeah. 
and he did a huge jump over Faf in that as well. I think back in eighty nine or ninety, and it looked ridiculous. Like, you know, it was like the it was like the president's car going being taken. You know, for a jump. You know, I actually, I actually just I couldn't stop laughing because I forgot about that, and it just because especially because of, of, of all the lovable bashing that we're giving it, it just it couldn't be any better. Yeah. But it could have been the car that it could have been the car that could have worked in this rally had they had the bit of luck, you know, to get started in the first place because. It doesn't matter how serious downhill momentum coming into the jump, and there's no one going to be. I was just thinking, thinking to your point there, like it could, it could actually have worked out for them because the car was, you know, well, obviously it wasn't strong in this case, but um, it, 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 they might have, they might have dragged it around to a result, and it was another rally, like even though Portugal traditionally, as we said, was 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 a good indicator in years past of of the pace of a of, of the individual cars. In this case, it was just about who could get around the conditions the best, and obviously, running order was was a, a massive factor, like probably more than any other event of the year. Um, this this was crazy. Like, I mean, even look at the super special. The super special results. It was three point two kilometer stage, and Tommy was quickest by a second from Marcus. Then the next third quickest was, was Harry Robin Pera. He was four seconds behind. And then if you look at the at the times after that it nearly grows exponentially like look back down to, to Peter Salberg's time in 13th he was 13.4 seconds lower over 3.2 kilometers I mean and look, going back further again down the field Joe Tashi was 28.3 seconds slower like and you know God help anyone who was inside in a, a two-wheel drive car I think they actually None of them finished they might, they might have stopped the stage I'll give it nominal times because I'm just looking at Pinizzi's time was 51.9 seconds slower and then everybody after that Got uh, got the nominal time, so I'd say they just thought, no, we have to we have to pull the pull the pin here, lads, because it's just gone too crazy. But um, yeah, I think you could have even if you were a betting man at that weekend and you were looking at even after stage one, like you would have Burns, Ari, Legrand, Noel McRae, all of them, she would be in with a chance of a, a higher result, just nowhere with the runs. And yeah, especially when, when you'd stages being repeated, was it Vieira was repeated? Yeah, and, like, and Vieira. Yeah. Um, I just. Oh no, sorry, they were both cancelling they were. They, 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 they actually had to cancel the second you're right, the second one's through Faf and Vieira because just obviously yeah. they cut up too much like and if you even look at the videos from the from the time after probably four or five cars, there's the ruts are so deep on the start line that like Ariel was, was a few cars back the other and he actually started the car outside of the ruts, got off the line and the car just fell back into him again. You know? <laughs> um, there is and, a there's actually a listing on the on the DNFs for Gabriel Pozzo and the actual description of retirement is stuck in the mud. My God. In a four <laughs> in a four wheel drive alley car. Yeah. Yeah. No, no not just... one of the front wheel drive cars actually finished. That was a point I meant to make earlier of there there was twenty two starters between class a7 a6 a5 and one brave soul in a group n 106 rally only the coolest people drive those by the what are um, you <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, great car great car 20 of those 22 not one of them finished no way that's unbelievable like that's 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 like a dakar level of, of attrition like isn't it yeah, yeah. but you know i think on day one as well i think what the biggest talking point is the tire differences you had, was it, how many of them went on the mud tyre? I'm calling it the mud clogger tyre. Well, Rolfan Pera was on the mud tyre. Yeah, he, and he, he came out was, he was fastest on two, but I think, did Mackinnon torture mud tyre all weekend? I think he stayed on the standard gravel tyre. I'm pretty sure he did actually, right, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I think, yeah. I think that says a lot like more about the result as well, is just everyone else going on mud tyres, gradually changing to the gravel tyre, all weekend Mackinnon stuck to that tyre. Yeah, Mackinnon well, was, was very lucky, I think, as well. Though on stage four, where he pulled something like 20 or 23 seconds back, he made a fantastic time. If you actually look at the onboard, he appeared to have had what nowadays would probably put you out of the rally enough in the oh, stage. Yeah, yeah. That was a big uh, smack. That was a really big was hit. He was, he was at more than 45 degrees to the road. With that impact, he got a puncture and burst suspension on that one as well, but he still finished. Still quickest. Yeah, that's. You just don't some see sidewalls on those missions. Yeah, yeah, and it was some. Jeez, it was some impact, as you said. Like I, I mean, you know, it was testament to the, the strength of the car, 
that it just seemed not well not quite shrugged off, but that he was able to stay going and obviously with his favourite row position he was he was able to set the quickest time. But I think do you know not to take anything away from Mackinnon's drive, but it, it it was it really was just between him and the top one or a couple of cars. No one else yeah. could come near him. Did, did, just, did, it was him and Saints. It was him and Saints, really. Yeah, well, it wasn't Pair. Was 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 there or thereabouts as well? Thereabouts, but was, was he? He was he was a bit off there. Was it by the end of day two or something, or midway through day two? He he was getting he, he had car trouble. We, we we'll get to that in a second. But yeah. um, just one thing to note as well, like was like you know yourselves from competing and um, rally cars, no matter how. Well, you 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 think you've you've built them or or sealed them up? Does water and dust or whatever will get in somewhere? And like this was just been a nightmare. I think signs had water slashing around at his feet, and you can see the side windows are all fogged up. And you know what? Rally cars, it's impossible to keep the the windscreen demisted at the best of times. But I'd say it was just there was just no enjoyment for anyone. It was just a case of getting through it. I, even the, some of the interviews with Lewis Maya. Um, you know, you can see that you know, he he reckoned it was the toughest rally they'd ever done because it was just whatever about a, a one or two stages or even sections of stages like on a safari with with these kind of conditions. This was three days of just torture. Like, could you imagine today's cars trying to get through that? No, they'd, come out, they'd literally come out just like a bare shell with wheels. No, <laughs> but with the price of car, the price of carbon that you'd be leaving inside there would be just ridiculous. Crazy. Yeah, I think yeah, but I uh, know. <laughs> but uh, I'm a big yeah. fan. Yeah, as I said, anyway, just going through the day. Uh, Robin Pear, like he, he was going well. He was in second position at one stage. Um, I think he took a did he take a penalty? He to to, to 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 move back a a position. No, what happened was, oh. and and something similar happened to Ariel's cast after the overheating, and I think ah. he hit something as well. Did he did he break? I think he broke his. Uh, Suspension. He took the back. Was it the honor? Oh his something subframe on the front of him. Or or he'll hit a big hole anyway. That's what it was. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, but it, yeah. A lot happened on day one. A lot. It was a long day as well. You nine well nine plans there. There's obviously two of them didn't run, but uh, there was yeah there was a, there was a fair bit of mileage in it. But Robin Pera, um, as I said, was was going really well. Like as I said, he was up to second. Um, at one point he wasn't far off making and either he was I think five and a bit seconds behind him at one point. And then the Peugeot course struck again. Like this is the third event in a row where you know at least one of the cars had suffered cooling issues, and Robin Pera's car started going sick. Um, I think he was lucky enough actually to make it back to back to the service at the end of the day, and that's that's probably why um, there's a time penalty shown from. I'm pretty sure he was late to time control. Yeah. Does um, does footage and the and and the review of him just using his water bottle to pull water over streams, trying to keep the oak top up. So. Um, and again, that's, that's one of those one of those near near classic WRC shots of old footage of Rob Pear coming out, but kind of jokingly pushing the camera away. Like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? To be fair yeah. to the guy, right? Huh? To be fair to the guy, like he was he was obviously you know on a good buzz at the time. He was obviously after winning Sweden, he knew he was quick, and, but he just looked so happy to be there. It kind of reminds me of of, of Breen, you know, the enthusiasm that Craig Breen had. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he, even when he's getting, I think, on day three. Where he's getting pushed by the car behind him on the road section, he's still smiling. Yeah, yeah, it's just just, look, just a lad who just loves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and look, as, as we yeah. touched on in the in the last podcast, that William didn't bother turning up for. Um, but uh, he he, he hardly noticed. Yeah, no, no, like, yeah. I'm gonna come out with a reveal all to some cheesy, sleazy red top newspaper explaining that I wasn't allowed to do so. Either. Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. Bring it on, sure. So we've nothing else to be doing anyway, only fighting stupid legal battles, I suppose, between ourselves. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. for the moment, anyway. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Messages back and forth. Likes was actually having not a bad day. Uh, his times were there, like, considering that his role position was going to be cat, and he found him, he was sixth, I think, by the end of the day. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, he was well one. Yeah. Um, like, looking at the, like, you know, looking at the margins at the, at the end of the day, um, Sainz was 17 and a half seconds behind Tommy in second place. 
Groven Pair was 26, um, obviously with a 10 second penalty added as well for for as the reason we discussed. It was back to Granholm then, so you know Granholm must have just been happy to keep going. You know he'd, he'd gotten further at this point than he had in any event in the, the the season so far. So Burns was still there as well. He was uh, in fifth place, and as you said, Freddie was in in sixth. But Freddie was three minutes behind already. I mean mm-hmm. that's 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 pretty pretty huge for for the first day of an event, and probably not not all he's doing, you know. Do you know what I think there? Looking at like even the top six from day one, far Roden Clare, the order didn't change. No. Yeah, it's true here, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like, like you, you just had Mac and him out rallying on his own again. Uh Sainz been just been happy to be the shadow. Nothing else happened. Granholm and uh, Burns <laughs> were, were out hunting cattle as well. That that could have counted for a bit of their time loss. Oh, they well. were, yeah, yeah. There was there was cattle yeah. crossing the road, yeah. Another another kind of a classic classic shot from the time. Just uh yeah. So McCray was out at this stage. Oh yeah, yeah. Jeez, I, I actually forgot and to Solid work. You know what I, I love about that? That was the one hurting McCray well. He he had the, the fire in the engine, wasn't it? We pulled in yeah. and yeah. you see he had been given out about the conditions and then you could just see when he pulls in John Army he'd be a bit annoyed and John McCray would be animated at the most quiet of times. You can just see him pulling in and like Nicky Chris is like, what's that? He goes, a bit of fire and just pulling people. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, shit. I, I say he was, he was pretty fed up. Like, I mean, that is, a, as we mentioned in the last couple of episodes, the focus was definitely wasn't as tough as as, as, as the reputation it, it might have had at the time. You know, that was, you know, even though he'd, he'd went off himself in Sweden, he'd still had issues towards the end of the rally. Obviously, he lost the win in the Monte or lost a, a decent finish in the Monte with the, with the fly-by-wire throttle issue. And here now, the car left it down again. I mean, you know, and as we, we'll see it again now going towards the end of the year and how, how, how critical each point was for, for each competitor towards the end of the year. Um, that anything, a, a finish here could have made the difference um, for, for, for anyone. So, but yeah, and even speaking of that, you're talking about like, let's say if you were back at the time and you're looking at the championship, like you'd be even like looking at the results of the first three events be, and his stage times and the way he was battling, you'd be hard pushed to bet against Mackinnon for a title. Mm-hmm. You would uh, actually just another another thing to mention with uh, shout out to the gravel crew and Jamie again. Uh, Jamie did a, a piece and I actually found it during the week the the Lancer and the switch to the World Rally Car, which we'll get to later on in the year, but. Rally Arts' plan for 2001, um, by all accounts, was to put as much energy into the Group A car as they could, you know, get it to, you know, pretty much the ultimate level they could get it to, and mm. try and win the championship early with it ahead. Because I, th- I think they'd, they'd, they'd been told they had to switch to the World Car by by August or September, some, something around then anyway, right? So that was that. They had to, they had to switch. So the plan was to throw... The kitchen sink at the Group A car, try and win the championship with that, and then go into the World Car, which obviously, as we'd see as as the season went on, they, they didn't manage. But as you said, man, if Tommy had won Sweden, and like you know, as we were seeing this event, he would have had a huge advantage after the first three events when everyone else was barely getting going. I mean, yeah. you know, to, to, just mentally, like that he would have won chasing. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, and you know, again, trying to chase Mackinnon, not the not the easiest thing in the world to do, but. Uh, so and day two started off. Um, Mackinnon had a, a wardrobe malfunction on the first stage. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually it's funny. That's what I've written it down as well on my notes. Yeah. So I never actually saw. I only ever heard it. I never saw like this. Uh, probably for the best. <laughs> I'm assuming just turned his back or something. I never actually saw that. I just heard. Yeah, the, like, the coverage just said back to front. I, I, I look. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> happened. So I think OMP were making the suits at the time. Maybe did. Or maybe Tammy had had a particularly big breakfast. Who knows? But uh, didn't. Because they brought in the, the stretchy backs into the, the yeah. over. What are those little Portuguese custard tests? Past uh, something pastel de nat or something. They're unreal anyway. Maybe maybe Tommy had been arsed into them, and, but uh, didn't it didn't slow him down anyway because he was still fastest on the first stage. He was a uh, second and a half quicker than Sainz, so he kind of just consolidated his lead. And um, Robin Pera was third quickest in, and uh, nine and a half seconds back from Mackinnon. Burns was going well; he was in fourth and likes, but he was fifth. But like big big gap back to likes twenty eight seconds. Um, so obviously the roads were just cutting up. The, the weather hadn't changed at all. It was it was still shite. So you know they were they were um, they were struggling uh, again the further back you went down the field. 
Yeah, I think didn't yeah. Burns say, what was it, on stage 11, Burns took 30 seconds in the other ground one. And this is, this is where I was getting excited because it was one of those Burns charges because, again, everyone knows how well Richard Burns goes in the fog. Yeah. Um, he, wait, a wet, foggy stage. And, again, I'm, I'm trying to be neutral here, but I can't. No, he had form in doing that. Like he two, he but said two fastest times in the fog there. Yeah, yeah, because it, like this is what I love about him and his form. Like he could drive a stage like that where he is to totally rely on the notes, and he relies on mm. the way he drives the car so calmly. Like those kind of conditions, the confidence he has in him is just nuts. That's that's well, a good point there. But about, about his notes, Burns Burns notes were were definitely the most detailed. I think at the time. Um, mm. without, without knowing the, the finer points of the Finnish language and listening to Granholm's notes or whatever but yeah. you know it, where, where some people would describe a corner as a long corner or whatever Burns could have two or three separate notes describing the same corner you know and, and if you look at the, the type of notes that Loeb was to use and I think Ogier as well and a few more guys it's they're, they're a much different system to the McRae the McRae system of Here's the gear. Here's a kind of a rough distance, and away you go. I think. I think even in the Collecting Cars podcast, which we've mentioned already, with with uh, Nikki Grist and Chris Harris, Nikki mentioned that Colin at one point uh, thought about getting rid of the directions. He just wanted the gears because he, he reckoned he could see the directions. Like, it's like <laughs> I don't think I'd like, like to sit in that car to be honest. No, <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm glad, but like it's exactly like you said there, William. And I'm glad you brought it up. Like it was nine stages with extreme fog, and I suppose look. From my perspective, it's fantastic to watch something like that because you really see the importance of how a navigator in a team is, and you know, you pro- it's probably the best reflection you do see of it. You know, yeah. rallying on TV when the driver is so reliant on the notes, the timing, the accuracy, and you know, it's it's reflected in the stations and Burns's performance there, much like he did in Radnor back in '97 on the RAC in the fog. Notes are bang on, drove exactly to them. Yeah, yeah. Right saying he's never been beaten on that stage. Radnor. I'm nearly sure. I'm nearly sure he made reference to that in the book where he said, "I think he rolled a car off there years ago," and he said, "Since then, he's never." Yeah. Just, just on, on the topic of notes as well, you have to give a, a you know big kudos to Robert Reed. You know the, mm-hmm. the guy you trusted would try to read and uh, and get those notes out. And the timing, as you said, Tommy, you know huge skill and to stay calm. But uh, obviously working as, as you mentioned with the with his performance in the fog and, and rally GB and things like that. Yeah, they were they were. That's phenomenal. Good. Like yeah, no big 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 help him. Just look at the the conditions again. Uh, a, co- a couple of course cars were actually getting stuck. This is how bad things were getting. A fire truck had got stuck on Argonne. Um, did you see the recovery vehicle on, on the onboard? I did, yeah. Uh, Burns passing it, yeah. Right on the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's crazy. A couple, of, a couple of warning triangles out. And next thing here was this, and I think it was Burns on board, and he was, he was approaching in probably fourth or fifth gear. Like, that's his. Again, look, you can you can probably see why the, the FIA might have taken a bit of a dim view to what was going on, and 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 it might have influenced the the, the decision to leave it out for a few years. But uh, again, look, they couldn't they couldn't control the weather. It was it was just it, it was an event to be endured rather than enjoyed. But um, so uh, Robin Pera uh, ended up retiring, and the engine finally gave out. Uh, more than likely, a legacy of of what had happened uh, the day before with the overheating. So. You know, mm. looking at it, Peugeot arguably had the quickest car at this point of the season, um, and probably you know subsequently, but just a shock in your reliability. There was there was three fairly big, fairly big issues there caused by the the, the same the same problem. So, um, like you'd have to wonder, uh, like similar to what Mitsubishi were doing, putting a lot of effort into into one as the you know, the Group A car this year and, and suffering. You'd wonder had they put so much effort into the chosen season. Had had the eye kind of slipped off the the ball a little bit coming into two thousand and one with with parts supply or, or whatever, but look, we don't, we don't know. Maybe someone who who's closer to the team or closer has the knowledge of the time could, could help us out. Yeah, well, I suppose the other side as well is that they did have a lot of good luck in two thousand. Um, so you know, it could be argued that these things will give trouble every now and then, you know. And yeah, but three three three. You know, yeah, it's a, session. It's, it's, it's a little bit worrying, you know, but uh, mm. yeah, yeah, the like the cars and like every car was getting pretty battle scared coming back to service, you know, missing chunks of bumpers again. Just the, the, the stages were cutting up so bad, there were obviously roads that 
you know, weren't able to cope with the with both the level of of, of rain falling on them and and the ruts being caused by the, the cars. I'd say if you were behind car, car you, it must be horrific. You talk about you talk about Peugeot having a poor start to the season. Subaru with four car entry, they'd lost Salberg and um, Tashiara on day one. Uh, like they were down to one car on day two. Marco Martin had crashed out. So, you know, they, it, I think it was just like this was a rally that was going to be all about survival. And I think even you could see drivers that were just trying to tiptoe around. You, there was no avoiding it. Really, in this. Yeah, because I think on that point as well, Tommy, I think it's probably why I think Fusion were almost getting away with it a bit more than they should have. Like, like with their unreliability and their problems, you had four Subaru hadn't a great start. No. Um, yeah, Ford, Delacour last years as well. I think he was down to three gears at, at one point. Um, so Didn't he prefer it? Do you remember the, the interview where he talks about, he's like, oh, I have a bit of a problem with the gear shifters onto the manual, he said, but, but I prefer it. It's just Delacour being cool again. Like. Yeah. Is it okay to christen that camera view Delacour can? I, I, I was actually going to talk about that, about it. he was literally, like, he's spitting, he's sweating, <laughs> he's... I don't know. He looks like Gil Panizzi at a rave, to be honest. <laughs> Gil Panizzi at a rave. There you go. No, there's, an image, there's an image for you. He's not listening to Daniel Gratiloup in the car at all. He's got the shaman coming through the... Ebenezer goes... Yeah, banging tunes in through the building. Big box, little box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, just behind us, we're, we're going pretty well. Alistair was in sixth at that point and had Set four quickest time and, and the last stage of the day, well, the last stage it ran, but uh, yeah. he ran into trouble on the way back into service. Uh, the fan belt uh, came off, and but he was looking to get back, he got back in, and Kenneth was Ericsson was seven, so you know, but you know, decent, decent debut position wise. But they were literally 10 minutes plus behind behind the top guys. You would um, looking at the, the leaderboard here, Mac got into the last day. This is unusual, like you know, I suppose for the time. At the end of the second day, you had the top two separated by you know a small margin, enough of a margin to to, to warrant a, a good battle going into the final day. So only thirteen seconds there between uh, Mackinnon and Sainz. So you know, that mm. set it up. I Mackinnon being in the lead for a change rather than being the being the chaser. So, um, but obviously but look at that on the times like all the way through day two that it didn't fluctuate from between twenty and thirty seconds. And then all that was happening throughout those days, throughout the rest of the day, was everyone just getting further and further apart from the two lads. Yeah. So, so the last two stages of the day, Mackinnon took massive time on the second last stage. And then on the final stage, Science whittled it down to 13 seconds. We had a serious run through it. Mackinnon was having troubles, I think, with the tyres again. You know, just that it, it seemed to be tyre tire choice that was dictating the way that battle was flowing, you know. Yeah, Did, were Mackinnon's tyres going off at that point? Was there a comment about that? No, that was, we're, we're coming on to that, I think. So I said, that, that uh, happened on day three, yeah. Yeah, there was only three stages scheduled for, for day three, quite a short day, and, you know, kind of followed the, the, the template that we see nowadays where, where the Sunday is often the, is always the, the shortest day. But they actually ended up cancelling the first stage, stage 20. Um, Due to the conditions again, I think there was more the fog. It had, it actually dried up slightly. No, it's all relative. It was still pretty mm. horrific and muddy out there, but um, the, the visibility was just too poor. Um, but so I, I think they only had something like 44 or 45 kilometers in total, maybe less even. Um, mm. or, and and uh, and the final day in which to which to decide the event, and that kind of makes signs as drive on stage 21 all the more. Impressive. Uh, so from going 13 seconds behind Mackinnon at the start and the, the in the morning to you know leading going into the final stage by 0.3 of a second, that was some going out of signs like, and there was some tension at the at, at the start line of the, of the the first stage there in the morning with him. You can see again, this is just a, a, a great kind of example of the coverage at the time. They had a camera there. Sure, the driver was just kind of comparing notes. You, you, Lewis Moya and, and Risto Manasamaki comparing their time cards, and then you had signs wandering up to Tommy. Tommy, I think, is talking to Marcus or someone, and Tommy just kind of glares and signs yeah. goes, "Hola," you know, and it's just, oh, it's fucking unreal. I love that. <laughs> yeah, 
like he, it was like you know it wasn't kind of a case it was real sarcasm on his part oh man it was it was proper tension there no i don't i don't know what sort of relationship carlos and tommy had i i can't imagine it was too hot after 98 when but you know obviously mm. mechanism for that 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 signs lost the title that year but do you know what I'd, I'd say it was the same as Saints and McRae they're so competitive with each other that they could get so riled up but it's a massive amount of respect for each other I, I, I probably I'd, I'd agree with that I, I, I think that was probably the case but it's just it's it's so cool to see it I know it's it's, 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 it's probably not the nicest to be involved in if you're, if you're in the yeah. situation but, but you know, I think for the fans it's a huge thing like Joe I'd wonder like you were talking about like how cool it is to have the coverage of that like you're saying oh, how, how brilliant it would be to have the live coverage even then but you probably wouldn't see where it was acting like that with live cameras around because even when, the, when mm. they had the live coverage up at stage starts and prepper stages, everyone's in PR mode and everyone's in... in as good as live as good as good live is with him, you're, you're hitting exactly the point. As good as live is, sometimes it doesn't need to be live. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, if... There's, there's parts that don't need to be. There's parts that don't no. need to be. That, that's prep where you're getting out of the car, if you're checking tyres, stretching, all that kind of stuff. Like, especially nowadays, because drivers are just PR machines. They're just basically a, a living poster for all the sponsors. Yeah, so all they'd see, they see when, if they had a camera on us sat on the stage, I'm, after getting out for my fifth piss of the, of, of, <laughs> of, of, of the queue, and then I get into the car, and basically, like, weld myself into the seat, and tighten the belt so tight. Doesn't that much. And I, I looked down what I always do. I, I go in and get ready nice and early and then realise it's too early, go in and take off the gear again, get back out, and then I'm in a mad rush, putting back on the belts, putting on the helmet again, then realise I have to pee, bring it back out again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, you, look, you, you'll see, you, you'd wonder why we never made it as pros. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's beyond me, I can't yeah. understand. Do, do, you think, do you think there is an element of, you've seen science taking um, over half a second a kilometre off of Mackinac in that long stage, right? Is there a Pirelli versus Michelin element to that too? Now, granted, Mackinnon was on the gravel tyre and Science was on the mud tyre. I Do you know? No. No, I think on. I think just purely on date because if that was earlier on the event or was going on longer, then yeah. But I think with the fact with twenty being cancelled. I'm only throwing it in there as a variable. Yeah. You know? so, so, but yeah, but it, that, that shows the beauty of, of of the championship back then as well. You had that extra variable. You had the the the, the, the conditions were pretty pretty tires were working better than the missions and stuff. It could well have been a factor, but that's not taken away from science's drive. You take 13 seconds out of Mackin in 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 the heat of this battle as well. Some going, you know, and it set it up for basically the rally came down to the last stage. You know, it was it was as if they they were just, again. Yeah, they were they were starting from pretty much zero. There was only point three of a second ahead of them, uh, between them. So, yeah. and um, but, like the only way to describe Mackinnon's drive on the last stage was insane. Um, he mm. just lost his mind. I mean, that must have been some ride for 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 Madison Mackey to be in the car. Like it was just crazy. There's a clip there, and I was I actually marked it down here. So it's like. Macken was absolutely at one that evil. It was a, it was like a long left hander and it came over like a home junction to a hairpin right. And it just the commitment and how it flowed, it, like he, he was it, the cuts he was taking. It just was a driver that was just at one with the carry. That's all that you could really see in it, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What? In three seconds, you could just pick it up. I thought. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add to that. Like my 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 other theory on Macken's good result in Portugal. It's because we spoke about Valtra being such a good sponsor. Uh, <laughs> it's so mechanical. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. Because he was so mechanical. The Valtra diffs in that car that again to get it off. Perfectly yeah. suited to farming conditions. Hit the, diff, hit the diff locks on, yeah. 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 Oh, no. He was uh, even towing trailers up through the stage as he was. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, but I think uh, Mac- the road was an advantage, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Mackinnon's drive, Mackinnon's lines and stuff actually ended up causing problems for signs. Like he was taking such cuts and uh, he, he was pulling big, big rocks onto the road, and signs ended up running right in a couple of spots. And he dropped, I think, nine seconds um, in the course of the stage and back down to second. Look, still a great drive from signs all rally. Like to, to finish that rally. Was an achievement. Like imagine, yeah, imagine yeah. just getting to the finish. Like you, you, you'd feel you'd feel like you, you'd you'd really done something. But 
to, to get to that, that close to Mackinnon. Again, like, Carlos, brilliant, brilliant driver, one of the sports, you know, absolute, you know, best in, in, in his history. But I, I, you couldn't bet against Mackinnon in that situation. You just, you just, you could never, I think Art said it in the last day, he would, he would have bet the house on Mackinnon winning Sweden, even though he, yeah. he turned out not to be the case. But um, I'd say, I, I, the money definitely would have been on Mackinnon back then to, to do it, even though Carlos had just pulled that much time off him in the previous stage. You know, they probably only just won Mackinnon up even more and, and, and drove him on to, to drive the way he did, you know. But you know, I think at one point we missed actually at the start of day three before 20, I think, you know, before 20 was cancelled or just after when they were interviewing Mackinnon in the morning. And I kind of, I love his face here when he's trying to do the poker face and they're talking about, oh, the fog is lifting. And then Mackinnon, you can always see Mackinnon's face going on. Shit, I better, I better go through here. He's like, no, no, my gravel crew said there's loads of fog. There's, there's loads of fog. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can see the gears in his head kind of going right. He's seen falling back the same as now and riding him up. He's just <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, Tommy was uh, Tommy, Tommy was just at this at this point. You know, he he definitely still at the peak of his uh, of his powers, um, in definitely the early part of the season anyway. So, no, a, a brilliant drive and in terms of his wins, you know, probably one of the, the hardest got. I suppose I wouldn't say it was. You know, he, he did have to get around the conditions. The, the level of competition wasn't there. There might have been other rallies. It was just him and science, as you said. But to still get around the way he did and, and the drive in the last stage, it, it, it was super stuff out of him. But, and then with uh, Granholm, um, the final step on the podium, finally got a finish. Um, so I'd say he, he was having points on the board. Yeah, realistically, he, like if those stages weren't cancelled, the Browns would have got him. Let's just, let's just nip that in the bud. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 We're, we're, we're not going to argue this one. We're not going to argue. Yeah, I'm not. Go, we're not going to win against William in an argument about Burns. Anyway, had, so I'm just not going to bother. Stage 18. He he went into that junction wrong, and like he was still four quickest on it. Like he lost 20 seconds with that. Speed. To to be fair, the two of them I think were delighted to get scores up on the board at this stage. Oh yeah, they both needed a big time. They 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 badly needed points. Like this. I'd say if 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 Super came away without with another. Bad results after all the testing they would put into Portugal, that have been made. Yeah, it was, it was a big effort there for three points. At the, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wasn't it? A lot um, of money for three points. <laughs> yeah, another solid, another solid Delacour performance. Like, we talk about science kind of you know being um, the driver that we kind of you know ignore going through the events. Okay, we've, we've our own bit of uh, we're, we're of our own fondness for Delacour, but again, fifth overall. Yeah, strong showing. Uh, good performance, as we said, mentioned already. Addison McRae got the accent home in six, so nice to see the, the Evo 2 accent getting points in his first outing. Um, a care that would go on, I suppose, you know, through the rest of its career and into the, the tour evolution, it would show a promise here and there, I think. And and from hearing stories from the time of other drivers who had driven it, you know, there was serious potential in that package. It just, for a variety of reasons, never never got the, the results that it could have but you know like funding was... and stuff like that yeah funding was probably yeah. uh, a big, a big aspect of it if, if, if other people have driven it how how was it so hard to attract like not to say the lads aren't decent drivers but how hard was it for them to attract drivers capable of winning money yeah it was run by MSD who prior to this would have been uh, running they were involved I think with GM back in the days of the Novas um, and they, they, there was definitely an Opel association there from before. And were they running touring cars for him as well in the Super Touring era? Do I, am I, no, I think that was Ray, I think that was Ray and Alec. Um, oh, they okay. they took good. over the the kid car one. But I know that like they subsequently ran the. Do you remember the the Opel Corsa S two thousand? That, oh um, yes, 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 yes. That 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 was MS that was MSD and MSD would have a link with Vauxhall and GM. So like they wouldn't be as big uh, an outfit as the likes of ProDrive. So I think to be fair to them, for them to have got the results on whatever budget they had, you know, you have to give them you know credit. Yeah, that yeah as, as I said, deserved the, for it. Like the car fundamentally was 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 decent. It just didn't have the the last five percent or ten percent to to really get up to the top and. Um, I, I guess Hyundai, as you know, 
the company probably weren't funding it as much as they they are now. It's a totally different setup mm-hmm. now. You know, you find the motorsport themselves in in Elsinore in Germany that are that are that are doing the doing the program now. It's a whole different kettle of fish. But no, as you said, for 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 what they what the, the resources they had, it was it was a decent showing. Um, Ariel then was eight, uh, and then we had a couple of finished to finish privateers, Loken and and Pazzy Hagstrom. Um, just when you mentioned he was a super test driver, wasn't he? Some bit responsible for the S12 and S14, or am I thinking? Am I, am I right in saying that? For testing, I think so. Mark. Yeah, it's, it's something in my head about about him being involved think, in the development of. You know, uh, I, I have a question mm-hmm. there for that on his results. Is it a coincidence with his quarter ever being Gardemeister, or is it actually Tony Gardemeister? No, it's a different. No, it's, a, different. It's, a, it's a different Gardemeister. Yeah, Tony Gardemeister. Gardemeister was good, but he wasn't that good. Yeah, <laughs> but to be fair, I was just—I was looking at something you mentioned about the privateers there uh, on stage seventeen. Just going back to day two, just maybe road—the road position should have actually worked against them. Daniel Carlson was fifth quickest on one of the stages, following on again from the strong performance in Sweden, and our old buddy Tapio Laukinen was seventh quickest on that stage. Both in Corolla were rally cars. You know, in outdated machinery, they yeah. were right up in amongst you know the superstars. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call a Corolla outdated machinery in front of Morris Malone. No, <laughs> he knows people. <laughs> uh, I I just going to yeah. Let's not get it. I I'll I'll talk about the Corolla WRC for for the rest of the time if I'm left if I'm left to it. So uh, we just we just won't get into Lexus engines and no no. Just... Into my other podcast, Corolla WRC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The electronics. <laughs> uh, look, let's not let's not even get into it. But twenty-four finishers anyway. Um, out of out of ninety-something starters, like which is a fair or attrition rate. And I even see twenty-six cars actually complete the last stage. But uh, Manfred Stoll and Marcus Legato were both excluded for transmission irregularities. Um, in Evos, so they were obviously group in plus plus plus. <laughs> which is anyone, anyone who's rallied in Group N or has any experience of it will know that Group N isn't, isn't, isn't always as productive as, as, as the organizations would like to be but uh, anyway yeah big cheat bastards I'll, I'll have you know that every, I'll have you know every car in confusion has been very legal very legal yeah I'm sure I'm sure there's such thing as a Donegal spec class 2 civics isn't there yeah, <laughs> yeah. so we might as well look we, 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 who have we got now this episode of Natalie Barrett possibly coming after us with a with a case um, <laughs> the population I'd say we'll have to edit I'd say we, we I'd say we'll definitely have to edit that one out. no I, I, put <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I put it out as a question because I, I'm nearly sure I'm right on that and that she had to have hand signals okay Let's, I'm putting let's, it out um, as a question. Just looking at the the championship standings, then, um, obviously Mackinnon uh, was was hit top of the leaderboard now after the two wins. Could have been three, or maybe not three, but could have been um, you know, twenty six points instead of the twenty if if he if he just kind of kept ahead in Sweden. But uh, that would have been a fair jump. But still, he was he was on top. Signs was in the second again. You know, Mister Consistency. This is the the biggest kind of example of 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 the way the way he was. You know, he had three decent finishes there in the first three events. Uh, Robin Pearer then in third, and uh, Dillacore in fourth. George Duty his his decent point scoring finishes there in the first couple of events. Bradstrom in uh, fifth, following his his result in Sweden, even though he wasn't uh, obviously uh, in in the running in 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 Portugal in a, in a front plane car. Adam was in sixth, and looking at the manufacturer standards, then you've Mitsubishi. Um, top of the table Ford through signs and and Delacour's finishes Hyundai were third <laughs> at this point in the season which is you know for the time a pretty big deal for them I imagine I, I'd say they, they were they were pretty pleased with that obviously a favourite back in the point stakes um, but nonetheless a, a good showing Subaru then fourth scored in fifth um, even though the cows were didn't uh, even basically get going in Portugal and Peugeot in last place in the standings at this point which is you know, unusual, and again, it just it points back to their 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 decision not to nominate um, Robin Pearer for points in 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 Sweden. You know, which 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 would have proved beneficial for him. But yeah, that's just the way way the, the lottery was. You had to they had to make the call as to who to nominate, and they didn't they didn't make the right one for Sweden. But yeah, so that was 
Wasn't it? Isn't it back at that time? The two drivers were nominated for points. For yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was kind of it. Yeah, so you could enter as many cars as you want, but um, only two could be uh, nominated for manufacturer for manufacturers points, but drivers points could be taken right, left, and centre. Yeah, and but you and you had up until the close made the entry for each rally to nominate for drivers, isn't it? I think so. I think, yeah, there's, there's, those rules have juggled and changed over the years, but yeah, they, they could decide on the, the the morning of the rally or whatever to 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 substitute in people or whatever. It was well, it was no, safe, I think it was yeah, safe a couple of weeks beforehand. It got to the point where whatever years was that they had to be registered at the start of the year as you know, they had the P1 priority, priority one drivers and then you, you could juggle and change and then they stopped all that. Yeah. I don't even know where it is now, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so is there any other business this week, guys, before we wrap things up? Um, no, looking forward to the next round uh, in the sunny climes of Catalonia. Yeah. Uh, I wonder who win that one. It'll be a good event. That'll be a good event. Yeah. Might get, uh, might get, we might get good weather for that one for a change. We might we'll just go with it, we? And do a yeah. lot of work. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, 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 let's go to Spain right now in the middle of a, you know, pretty much global lockdown. Um, yeah. That's, I'm, yeah. I'll see you at the airport. Yeah, see you there. See you there. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah so look, again, just uh, thanks, thanks to anyone listening for, for hopefully you've made it this far and hopefully you're, you're still finding it uh, entertaining and informative and, but uh, if you have any kind of questions you want to fire us in or, or whatever, uh, send, send them our way and we, we'll see if we can get them answered or any corrections for the, you know, numerous <laughs> uh, <laughs> mistakes we've made. But I don't know, hopefully we're not too far off the mark. But uh, yeah, so as the lad said, Catalonia is next up um, on the next episode of the podcast. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you then. Okay, so from myself, Morris, and from from the boys, uh, all the best, and we'll talk to you soon. Stay safe and stay at home. Until then, bye-bye. See you soon, guys. Mind yourselves. Be good.